Welcome to one more edition of Politics and I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we are honored to have uh, the most generous with her time, Juanita Jackson, with us today to discuss this bond issue that's been sort of taking us into places we don't necessarily want to go in this uh, election cycle. First of all, uh, Juanita, why don't you in- in- introduce yourself? Well, I'm Juanita Jackson, and I am a, the Democratic nominee candidate for Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number 10. I've been practicing um, criminal law attorney for over 24 years. I've handled about 3,500 cases, and I'm one of the few candidates that has actually practiced and had cases in every single criminal court in Harris County. Now, interestingly, uh, most judges didn't want to touch this bond issue. Well, you are an aspiring judge, so you can actually freely speak about the bond issue. As you understand it, please explain to us what is the real hoopla about bonds and current Democratic judges somehow releasing people onto the streets. Is that true or is that not true? Not true. Uh, Partially true, not true. First of all, what people are confused about is that in in 2019, there was a a massive federal lawsuit and a federal court, um, a Republican judge at that, declared that Harris County misdemeanor bond system was illegal. It was unconstitutional. We had a tradition um, of holding people for minor nonviolent offenses with for cash bonds. And if they couldn't afford the bond, they sat in jail until their case was um, complete, which could be months and or even longer. And then for minor offenses, we've had cases where people sat in jail waiting for trial longer than the time that it would that they would have gotten. So that's the issue that it was declared illegal. What they say is happening is they're getting that confused with the felony bond system. A felony bond is when you're charged with a serious offense. And we still have a cash bond system where people put up money and they can then be released, uh, given a promise to appear to finish out their their court case. We have a you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, And therefore, someone can put up. That's the way our system and the law is designed. Put up the money and get out of jail in time and wait and fight their case um, until their time for trial. Now, the, the one of the accusation, including from uh, our own Democratic uh, uh, Kemag, states that somehow these judges are being lenient in the way they're awarding bonds. Are they trying to conflate misdemeanor bonds, which are for nonviolent offenses, with, uh, with, with uh, felony bonds? Absolutely. First of all, people need to understand the the Texas Constitution requires bond for every case. Very, very few exceptions um, can a judge hold someone at no bond because the premise is they're innocent until proven guilty. So what happens is there's a bond on a case. What has changed, and it has nothing to do with the judges, is that because bonding companies started losing money on all those minor cash bonds, they had to figure something else out. And what they did instead was they made it very lenient financially for people to get and make these felony bonds. The amounts of bonds 
the change have been insignificant. As a matter of fact, bonds are actually higher than they were when the Republican judges were in office. And so, you know, five years ago, if I had a $50,000 bond, it was really pretty hard for a bonding company for me to get a bond. I'd have to leave collateral. I'd have to have the 10% money down. I'd have all of these things. You'd have to have four or five people sign off that they were co-signing on the money. Well, when the bonding company stopped making money off the misdemeanor bonds, all of those regulations went aside. Let me stop you right there. Let's stop right there. Now, who wrote the rate? Who made it possible for those regulations to go away? There, there were never laws that specifically required these things of bonding companies. These were standard procedures that bonding companies adopted themselves to make. It's a financial risk. Right. They felt like these people were risks. So they had all these standard procedures that we needed collateral. You needed to put big mama's house up and you needed to bring in a car. You needed to do those things. And when they realized that if people didn't have that, they weren't going to make any money. So all of those, the bonding companies loosened their own requirements. And so people before, if you had a $50,000 bond, the chances of you getting out and somebody having the money was slim. Now, bonding companies are financing it. Bonding companies are not taking collateral. Bonding companies are not requiring four and five people to come and co-sign for you anymore. That's what's really happening. And that's why people are now, there are more people being out on bond that, than it used to be. I want to clarify that because I think it is, it, is, it is malpractice not only by the media, but I think it's malpractice by some of what, to some extent, some of the judges not to have made that point. In other words, you are saying a private sector company could not make any money. So what they did is they made it easier for felons to get out of jail by not putting stringent requirements on those felons when they got out of jail on the bond that is required by the state constitution, now governed by Republicans. They allowed that to occur. And in doing so, any crime increase based on judges following the laws. Right. Or really mitigate, not mitigated, because exactly what you're saying there. It's a little bit of a lot of things. I mean, that is part of it. It's easier to financially get a bond, okay, on the bonding company side. But we also are dealing with the fact that the the law is very specific about how the procedures and processes for holding people at no bond. So mm-hmm. what you keep hearing is that these people are charged with serious offenses. Well, let's first of all, our law says that you're entitled to a bond on every offense except capital murder. You're not entitled to a bond on that one. And if you are already charged with a very high or violent offense, there are certain steps that must be followed before a judge can hold you at no bond. And those steps are very specific. Uh, Number one, the district attorney's office must file notice and a motion within seven days. That's a strict time limit. They have seven days that they have to file a motion when you commit a new offense to try and hold you at no bond. Then there must be a hearing and the district attorney must present evidence to the judge that says that this defendant is 
the legal term, and it's in the code, substantially guilty of the new offense. So without the DA having the hearing, filing the motion, having the hearing, the judge must set Your a Your hands are tied. The judge must set a So bond. in other words, it seems to me like when you have a judge release a, a potential felon that the DA did not raise the issue with the judge, it seems to me like somebody is trying to put the blame on judges Whereas, uh, whereas it was their responsibility to say, well, we know this guy is likely guilty. We know this guy is probably a threat to our society. Judge, we need to have him no bonded. Am I correct in that assessment? Correct. Now, don't get me wrong. They, even if they file the motion, remember the law says they have to have enough evidence to say he's substantially guilty of the new offense. And the judges and the and the judges are following that and they're having hearings. And if the DA cannot present enough evidence, the judge has to set a bond. Then let me also give an aside. If they don't have enough evidence, because sometimes serious cases take a little bit longer to, to be able to get everything, get the witnesses, et cetera. The judge can and they do all the time, all the time, hold the person at no bond, but they can only do it for 90 days. And the law says after 90 days, they must set a bond. Well, look, we're going to discuss this in a hell of a lot more detail when you come to the KPFT studios in person, and we will be able to talk about this. But I want want to close this with one specific question. Mm -hmm. I think what you're saying is these judges both uh, uh, the ones that's been under attack, mostly Democratic judges, mm-hmm. uh, have been falsely accused for something that they had very little leeway with. And there is n- the, the media and others have done little to make this to make the defense possible for them. And, and, and I just and I know we're on a time limit, but I need you to understand part of the reason is that our law regarding judges, judges ethically cannot talk about certain legal issues, issues that are before their court. And the other side knows that. So you can accuse a judge of of not doing things or not following the law. And the way our ethic laws with judges are written, their hands are tied. They can't even in public defend themselves. Sadly, uh, sadly, that is the case. But uh, here's the thing, folks. If you have people who are running to be judges who have started or are attempting to become judges on a lie, you must ask yourself, what kind of judge will they be on the bench? Juanita Jackson, thank Thank you so kindly for having been here on Politics Done Right. Thank you. And I look forward to talking more about it. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know 
is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.